0: We're all learning with
1: you, Sasha. Hello, Murder Blows fans. Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to learn about the artist formerly known as, Lysane Parish Crooks. And if you don't know who that is, I didn't either. And we're about to have a really good time as Maisie. I mean, obviously it's a bad time because we only talk about death and despair, but, you know... Otherwise, because Maisie's killing it and giving us some good info about a topic, frankly, new to me. I'll spoil a little bit. It's a two-parter, so you're going to have to hold on to your britches for next week. But that's okay, because I'm Spreadsheet Sasha, and I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts. Cody. Maisie. And Violet. And this is some intro music. Music's also important in this episode. Wink, nudge. Okay, goodbye. Mm-hmm. too i'm regular i i wish i was regular and not sleepy <laughs> regular
2: we put an offer in on a house Ooh. Ooh. Woo. Oh, <sighs> <laughs> we put an offer in and she uh countered it you know here's what she did it was super sneaky and so we put in an offer first of all when we toured the house the realtor was like the realtor her realtor said too much she was like there's no offers yet because we were like when's the deadline and she said whenever we get an offer yeah. and then the realtor said that she has two mortgages and so she's really looking to sell this place pretty quickly oh, fool fool amateur hour and so we put in an offer and she didn't like the offer and so instead of countering or like talking to us she posted a uh, deadline on like Zillow and whatever she was like we have an offer now all offers are deadline until 5pm the next day or whatever and she got no more offers (laughs) dumbass (laughs) and though yep and so she came back to us with a counter and we accepted her counter and now I just signed papers like two hours ago and I don't know
1: what to expect next so Oh, the cool thing is you just wait. <laughs> uh, um Are you pre-approved for your yeah. loan? Yeah. Yeah, so they're going to ask you for more paperwork at some point. Probably. You'll, like, need W-2s and shit to prove what you got pre-approved with if you haven't submitted that already. And then you'll have an inspection and an appraisal. Mm-hmm. Neither one of The uh, inspection you'll need to be there for. And I think you pay for it out of pocket. And then the appraisal someone pays for. Why can't I remember? And then it's closing day. And you sign 12 papers without reading it. And you have a house. (laughs) It's automatically. It's magic. 12 papers without reading it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I have bought three houses, so...
2: I think i think that closing costs are a scam i get that it's a thing i get that it's been a thing for a long time but i'm buying your house <laughs> from you why why a closing cost if you're gonna have a thing called a closing cost put like the inspection and the appraisal shit underneath it
1: mm-hmm. I I that's where i don't understand like why some things aren't in there and some things are like, yeah super dumb it is like you don't pay your realtor out of pocket like they just magically get paid they get commission, yeah yeah uh yeah which it's is like wild. good i guess i don't have to deal with it but the good news is like once you're under contract though like the, the loan company, you can kind of be kind of forceful with and be like, Well, this is what I want to bring to the table at closing, so okay, make cool. it work or we're out as long as you were. Contract is contingent on financing. Right. Which... Well, that's
2: the thing. We. um, She agreed to covering part of the closing costs. Because nice. to take. Essentially, to take her house off of her hands, we're going to have to break our lease here. Hmm. So her attitude needs to change because we're taking her house off of her hands. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and since you're the buyer, you can, like, be a total bitch about everything. So, like, if your inspection comes back and there's shit that needs fixed, like, our last buyer was like, yeah, I just want, like, $800 for, you know, like, paint and maintenance and stuff. And I was like, the house is 18 months old, you asshole. (laughs) But, you know, what was I supposed to do? No, don't break my my contract. Please buy my house.
2: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's an older house. Like, all the houses out here are older. If it's a newer house,
1: it's it's probably a townhouse. <laughs> yeah. Out of, your t- out of your budget, too. Yeah. Ooh, so, why would you move from an apartment to a townhouse? I think that's like the one thing I don't get. Like, why would you buy half a house? I don't either. I mean, I considered it
2: because there are things out here, like, I'm sure they're everywhere, but like detached townhouses, and they have somewhat of a yard. And I'm like, you're so close to. You're just so close. I get it. I like, to go from an apartment to a townhouse is a, a lateral move, I feel like, when you get an extra <laughs> floor.
1: Yep. Woo. Woo! And you lose the person that, like, holds your packages and
2: you Can no change shit. your
1: light bulbs and... Oh, yeah. Oh, I miss maintenance. You get an HOA fee. Oh, wait, you have you have an HOA? No, but when you have a townhouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No thank you. Stop
2: it. No, but this house has a big old yard, so we gotta find a lawnmower. <laughs> I gotta remember how to
1: mow. We had a completely manual lawnmower for like two years. It's so old school. But then we got an electric mower, it's pretty cool. I don't know. You just plug her in.
2: You (laughs) just
3: plug her in. My grandma had one of those. (sighs) Just don't run over the cord.
1: Oh, you don't plug it in while it's running. You plug it in to charge the battery.
3: (laughs) No, my grandma had one that was like old school where you had to plug it in, plug it in.
1: To use it? I'm so confused. Yeah.
3: I mean, it was like the 90s, so I'm assuming it didn't have a battery that charged.
2: And it didn't just light on fire as soon as you plugged it in?
3: No. No. <laughs> okay. Go. I guess it's night. like vacuuming, but with a
2: lawnmower. <laughs> well, what's new with everybody?
3: Absolutely nothing.
2: Yeah, the house thing was my most exciting news. That is exciting. Yeah, but I mean, like other than that, it's all the same. <laughs>
1: made it through two of three weeks of Chloe Singh's workout program. Yay me. You're doing it. I'm doing it, really doing it. I was having like a stupid day, like couldn't get like Postmate food to work. Like they just canceled the order and there's no like why. So it's like, okay. And then, <laughs> then I like left a cup on the windowsill and Jeremiah gave me shit for it. Cause it's like, I don't normally do things like that. Left a light on in a room I wasn't in. So dumb. What is happening? <laughs> Just having a day. Mm-hmm. That's okay. My job has decided to send people back into the office. Not my office, but offices in other cities. Oh, no. September. It's apparently completely optional, so that's great.
2: <sighs> like a volunteer basis? Mm-hmm.
1: Meanwhile, schools across the country have been open for 10 days and are already shutting down for the rest of the month. hmm
3: I just can't believe the amount of people on Facebook that are just like, first day of school, sending my kids to school. And I'm like, are are you sure you want to do that? Like, e- okay.
2: Good luck. <laughs> Like a lot of people feel like they don't have a choice because right. like, they have to go back to work
3: that's true and that's the thing like like i'm gonna i am in ai do not have internet at my house which sucks but i can still like make it work so hopefully it'll free up space for other kids that like if their parents work or they don't have internet mm-hmm. then it'll free up space for them to like social distance the kids but, um, I mean, we've been doing it since March, so <laughs> what's six more months right. having your kid hang around, you know? This year, man, I'm oh, just, like, getting to the point where I'm, like, overwhelmed and exhausted by it. Like, I was just going for so long, just going, 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 and now I'm just, like, can this, can this stop? Like, can we... <laughs> can we really do something about this and end this <sighs> like the other countries have yeah.
2: yeah
0: nothing really new has been going on with me i lost 45 pounds i got a second job i got Ooh. a new diagnosis and we might be moving into an apartment so
2: you just lied to our faces
0: oh yeah i guess <laughs> it, is <new>. it just <laughs> feels like old news <laughs> it's just all feels like
2: everything happened
0: everything happened I'm way more crazy than I thought I was and uh I'm moving. (laughs) Yay
2: apartment! How far away from where you are now?
0: Like five minutes but it's also like two minutes away from my therapist which sounds like it's a good deal after today. Um (laughs) yeah um it's a lake view apartment.
2: No big deal. Oh
0: yeah their credit score limits were like very low though or else my little 515 ass credit could not get in
2: hey that's which hey
0: i've worked hard to get that 515 credit score there you go because it was 275
2: i'm telling you though like no one tells you how to set up that shit like i didn't have a parent that was looking out for me and set up credit in my name and just like ugh.
0: yeah me. yeah well A rapist stole my identity, like, five or, like, 12 years ago, so.
2: Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So. Fuck that guy.
0: Yeah, majorly. With a cheese grater. Why is that never in a horror movie? I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before. I just want to see someone's face get grated off. That would look so badass. Like, just chunks of shit. I know.
2: I'm surprised you haven't found it.
0: It would look so cool. I'm just gonna have to put it in a movie.
2: That's gonna be, I'd be listeners. Sad. I guess CGI. You could do that.
0: Fuck no! I'd use all practical. I would just do like a clay <laughs> mold, and then put the second layer of clay like a gushy, like blood substance or like blood capsules. So when you scrape it across, it like bursts. Yeah. But also, you're getting chunks of flesh. Sure. You're welcome. That's if anyone good. steals that from me i'm gonna fucking find you i'll copyright this pop this podcast is copywritten
2: <laughs> so she'll see your movie and then she'll fight you
0: and yeah she'll and then I'll she'll shade you in the face yeah. off yeah then i'll grate your face off for real and film it and put it on the internet whatever be a big dark web person go ahead
2: <laughs> no i love it keep going I was just gonna talk about what I think of when people talk about cheese graters now, and it's the TikToks where people are make fun of like '90s hip hop, and they pan inside of a cheese grater, and then they like green screen themselves inside of the cheese grater. You know what I mean? (laughs) Have you seen seen these? No,
4: I haven't.
2: Kiss, genius! They green screen themselves inside of (laughs) a metal cheese grater, and. They're dressed up as, like, Missy Elliott. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) With the fish islands. It's great. Anyway. I mean,
3: that makes
0: sense. (laughs) Yeah. This episode is so much fun.
3: (laughs) Everything's just awful, but what are we going to do about it? You know, like, my friend was working in a restaurant the other night, and she sent me a video of these two people in a bar fight because the white person called a black person the N-word and she didn't even know them. And they were going after each other. And this is like, I mean, a family restaurant with a bar in it. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, the whole restaurant was just stopped. And there were, like, kids screaming and babies crying because they were scared. <laughs> we can't have nice things. I
2: have a friend that racist. was protesting in Virginia, and A counter-protester showed up, but it was just one woman, and she was wearing blackface. Because that was a good idea.
0: Oh. so When did they publish her obituary?
2: (laughs) Tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow. Tell you what. I
0: constantly think about what it actually would look like to put my boot up someone's ass and I get closer to testing the theory every single day I mean physically I want to push my boot into someone's asshole in a non-fun way
2: what's a fun way
0: I just don't (laughs) want to shame people that are into that oh yeah you know what that's true I'm looking out for you I want to make it painful but not if you like you know people that do blackface definitely don't like it exactly they're gonna learn to love it though because i'm about to do it all the fucking time <laughs> sorry wash my faces, new medications wash include uh yeah wash <laughs> your faces because if i see black face on it you're gonna have a black and blue asshole
2: whoa dude line them up
0: i've just been cussing too many strangers lately i can't stop
2: that's so funny Oh
0: yeah. it I don't know why people don't f- I feel like everyone thinks I'm faking it, but literally a woman that i was I was behind this woman in line for the deli I was visiting my dear sweet mother and picking up my fiance a uh, pot pie um, <laughs> that he has been eyeing for quite a while, and this woman turns around. I don't know why she thought <laughs> like this blew my mind. oh no. I took a picture of her. <laughs> i was fucking ready i was like i'm gonna slash your fucking tires next time i see you but she uh turned around and she goes this lady at the deli my mother is the sweetest but god is she so slow and i literally like did not leave her like eyesight and i just went yeah well that's my mom so get your meat and go fuck yourself uh-huh. get the fuck out of here. Get your meat. i
3: snorted
4: I bet she learned her
0: lesson. I was dead serious with her. I was like, I was like, don't look at me. (laughs) She just turned around and (laughs) just waited for her meat in dead silence. She like looked around for a second to see if she could get help. There was no help for her.
2: Next time I want you to just start barking. (laughs) That's fun. And I feel like out of all of us, you could pull that off.
0: I used to do that to cat callers.
2: Oh, that's hilarious. And
0: if someone would like say something to my friends, I'd start like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> gotta, eat em. gotta get them.
2: I gotta
0: get them. Yeah, 100%. It throws them so off guard. You gotta do your arms like you're a bulldog, too.
2: Oh, I like square off.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take
2: your lower jaw out.
0: <sighs> well, you that's kind of hard but... to bark with.
2: Picture it. Well, dogs do
0: I'm
2: it. I I'd do it again again
0: (laughs) Um, I'm just in a constant state lately of like literally if someone looks at me the wrong way I'm gonna fight them (laughs) this lady came in and called uh, at my other job and called one of our employees uh, a racial slur and I was like hey just let you know I'm clocking out and I'm gonna find you in the parking lot Karen would you like to meet me out there go ahead I'll see you in a second I was like here I go my passcode sarah dot all right here we go i was like here we go i'm about to take off the the shirt let's get it (laughs) she was just like yelling but also backing up like she kept going forward and then backward and then
2: like the closer i got to her yeah (laughs) i'm gonna make an impression she was
0: she was i knew she was gonna be problem she was like a tiny white lady what a surprise and she walked into the lobby and started taking pictures and then whipped around and flipped her and was like, I'd like to cancel my membership. And I was like, oh, of course you do. And, uh, so the girl that was taking care of her, um, You know, was like, yeah, sure, we can cancel it. And she was like, all right, all I need you to do is sign this and you're good. And then she was like, oh, I'm going to sign it because this is ridiculous. No one in here is wearing a mask. Fun fact, everyone has to wear a mask. They just don't have to work out or wear a mask while they're on a like exercise machine. We also clean literally for like, oh, God, I clean so, so much. I am constantly moving, cleaning up people's sweat.
3: Yeah.
0: Don't you worry about how clean that place is. But also, if you don't feel comfortable, like, she didn't because she hadn't been there in 200 uh, and something odd days.
2: Because uh, you can see that.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> just don't come in. <laughs> like, you can also, you have the full right not to come in. Um. Also, I didn't make the fucking rules. <laughs> I don't get paid enough to deal with that shit. So, right. if you're a listener, Karen... But yeah, she was literally like, she just kept yelling. And so the girl that I was working with was like, ma'am, your, your account is canceled. These are the policies. I'm sorry that you had trouble. You're good. You can go now. And she was like, I'm going to sue you all. And I was like, I'm literally around the counter. Like, <laughs> She was like, don't argue with me. Quit arguing with me. She just kept screaming. And like, everyone was laughing at her. Oh. Mask on, by the way. Like literally there were like eight people, no lie, up at the counter laughing at her.
2: That must suck to feel like that. To feel like <laughs> you have to act like that.
0: Well that's my thing. Like sure, you're like shit is valid, but why do you feel the need to take it out on like basic wage employees? You know I what I mean? Like
2: been inside with my kids for Six months, and I have three boys, and they're all four years apart. They're tearing my house, and I just
0: okay, it was literally nine o'clock at night. oh my God what <laughs> like is? she had been doing on this go to bed, we can also take cancellations over the phone, <laughs> <sighs> but she wanted to get pictures to show the city of Goodlessville surprise bitch. I saw that your camera was actually open on your calculator a dumbass oh i'm sure God. she meant to hit camera but she like definitely hit calculator then it was too late to go back i know she said i've got pictures and she waved her phone in our faces and like she acted like she took a picture of us I don't know, And i was like ma'am that's your calculator
1: <gasps> as someone that opens her calculator almost every time i go to open my camera
0: every time
1: i know man that's yeah. so funny calculator takes shitty pictures it's true (laughs) the camera just doesn't add up no
0: not at all oh so yeah nothing I mean honestly legitimately everything's about the same I just have been mentally more mentally unstable than usual and uh so I've just been fighting people more and not like fist fighting them I mean I will if I have to but (laughs) i think I think it's because I've been listening to a lot more rap music, like a ton more
1: like oh, it's man. all I
0: listen to yeah it's it's i mean I listen to a lot of rap music in general. You can ask Sasha, who has sat with me on many road trips um, <laughs> but like it's just non stop now.
1: I was going to ask how it is more not that I'm against it but like how could you physically put more rap into your life oh it's very possible it. i learn. <laughs> score
0: i listen to more rap music than my friends that like rap music
1: <laughs> yeah i love are we calling it wap or wap i love oh uh, that WAP. song either one WAP.
0: Wings and pizza.
1: Fucking (laughs) empowerment. Is there a a single fucking guy in that video? No, there is not. Actually, one of the dancers might be. Anyway, don't care. Love it.
2: I love how uncomfortable it's making men.
0: Oh, yeah. That's always my favorite.
1: My most favorite. You guys see the tweet that was like, I just saw the WAP video in parentheses on accident.
2: How, Mm -hmm. bitch?
1: How do you see that (laughs) on accident? Yeah. It was just all about how he doesn't think that those women respect themselves. And I was like, honey, I need you to know if they do or not.
2: Oh, I saw. They're too busy. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, no. I got to find it first.
2: Then I'll tell you about
0: it. Okay. They're too busy getting their pussies eating out to give a shit whether or not they respect themselves through your eyes, sir. There we go. There
2: you go. I found. it. I like it. Uh, There was a TikTok of a tweet. This is, like, the green screen behind someone, and they're dancing to WAP in front of the tweet, you know? And mm-hmm. the tweet says, Have never seen men condemn a rapist or an abuser as loudly and quickly as they've condemned Cardi and Meg's song about consensual sex. Ain't that the 100%. truth?
0: 100%. Ain't that the truth? Ugh. I... CNN and Fox News are both playing twenty four seven at my second job, which I spend the most time at. Unfortunately, um, oh well, that was nice. A family were walking together. How sweet. Um, sorry, <laughs> my window's uh-huh. open. <laughs> um, but yeah, and when Trump was like, he kept calling Kamala Harris nasty and he's like she said some very nasty things about i've literally blocked his my his name from my mind what is that cunt lawyer's name that raped those women and thought devil's triangle was a drinking game kind of a cut kavanaugh. kavanaugh
1: kavanaugh yeah
0: yeah that was the first one out of his mouth he's like she said some s- nasty things about kavanaugh and i was oh, like, like. Yeah, no shit oh
1: you're not helping your cake, bro. That we've been in quarantine longer than Brock Turner was in jail for <sighs> raping a woman.
2: No. Mhm. Oh yeah. Oh, way I mean, longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you say that. Uh. Thanks. I hate it.
0: Every time I'm like, I wonder what drives women to murder men. Like, I don't wonder that ever. Just kidding. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think like about that every
0: day. I'm like, this is why fucking women start just murdering men. They don't have time for it. They don't have to waste their time. I don't got the time. I'm just gonna murder them. Are we ready? Yeah, let's do it. Wait, did you tell okay. anybody
2: what we were doing? No. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> surprise motherfuckers nobody's ready nobody's no ready. One's ready
3: i'm ready go for it i'm excited <laughs> cody might be a little ready
2: cody's <laughs> probably already there and back um so it's my week and i sent violet a snapchat this morning and i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do and i don't feel like doing anything today and she was like ha yeah I get that And then she sent another snap that was like I got an idea And I was like I was just going to do Unsolved Mysteries But I like your idea better So today Violet and I Are going to do a little A little collab A little mashup And we're going to cover We're going to cover uh, The murders Of Tupac Shakur And Biggie Smalls Awesome. So I'm gonna do Tupac, I and Violet is gonna do Biggie, and so yeah, I'm doing Tupac!
0: Macy's doing, doing Tupac.
2: <laughs> uh, <is> doing
1: Tupac. <laughs> this is so something excited. I know nothing about, so. That's
2: kind of no what I all. thought. I knew That's a little sad. bit, but I definitely did not know as much as I learned.
4: Same. Oh my Same. god, I know so much.
2: And I was see, I was born in ninety three, so like, kind of in the middle of the height for Tupac. Anyway, I literally know hardly anything about Biggie, even though he's in this a little bit. It's just like I focus way more on Tupac because I know Violet was gonna tell us about Biggie. Um. So yeah, let's get into it. Tupac Shakur was born uh Lassane parish cooks he was born on june 16 1971 uh okay he so okay both of his parents were black panthers which is a fucking cool fun fact if you ask me i did not know
3: that yeah wow. <laughs> you didn't know that i totally
2: I don't know that like well, cody
3: was way more ready than we were I watched every like documentary and podcast on this possible. So. Really? Yeah.
2: Get it.
3: My, my best friend has like Tupac pants. <laughs> she has pants with Tupac all over them.
2: Oh my god. Okay, yeah, so it makes me happy. Uh, obviously, Tupac was or er, Hussein was, was conceived before, but. Uh, his mom was actually in jail. She was actually at Rikers while she was pregnant with him because the they were in New York and their Black Panther chapter had been arrested with, I think it was like over 150 charges set up. Let's see. They had three accusations and they all had to do with dynamite, Planted in three different places All around New York City Uh, One in the Bronx, one in Manhattan And one in Queens And so uh, They were arrested for that They were eventually acquitted By 1971 they were acquitted On all all charges Which is kind of cool But yeah, how cool Like his music makes so much More sense now that You know his parents Were Black answers
0: <laughs> absolutely like even so. in the movie i watched today when they talked about tupac they were like uh the guy that is like narrating to be biggie talks about how like tupac could be a political activist one minute and like a whole different man the other mm-hmm. um and so when you he said you could ask 10 people who tupac shakur was and each person would tell you about a different Tupac. So yeah.
2: that kind of checks out with what I found. So that's pretty wild. Cool. cool, cool. I'm uh, so dad. <laughs> so um, Tupac's dad wasn't really in his life. And a couple of years after he was born, his mom changed his name from Lassane to Tupac uh, Amaru Shakur. Um, Tupac is actually the name of a, a uh, like a Persian ruler that stood up for indigenous people against the spanish so she was like if i can name him, my son after a rebel and i'm a black panther so mess with my family uh, <laughs> let's see he was born in new york and he okay born in harlem uh he grew up in manhattan so on up until his early life all up until like middle school he was in New York, and his mom felt like it was getting unsafe, and so she moved them to Baltimore, Maryland, where he started eighth grade at a middle school and then did a couple of years at the high school before he transferred to the Baltimore School for Arts, where he studied acting, poetry, jazz, and ballet. He did a Shakespeare play, he was the Mouse King in the Nutcracker, fun. And even then, he was known to be the, quote, school's best rapper, which is just, like, I don't know. That's, it sounds cute coming from the Baltimore School for Arts, you know? <laughs> um, but, like Violet said, he was known for kind of having friends in all different types of crowds. So, that's cool. Um, some of his favorite music growing up was Kate Bush, Culture Club, Sinead O'Connor, and U2. Which is just I don't know. It's cool to hear too about much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh he finished high school. He in nineteen eighty four he moved to California to Marin and he did a couple of theater productions. Let's see. Uh he continued mixing into crowds with like a bunch of diverse people Uh, he later in life had friends like Mike Tyson love to see it Jim Carrey which he was on in Living Color both of them Tupac was only in one episode I think and uh, Alanis Morissette who in April 1996 said that she and Tupac were planning to open a restaurant together so sad we didn't get to see their restaurant (laughs) He used his na- stage name, MC New York. Uh, he began recording in 1989. He, this is where he started getting in with uh, Digital Underground. He he kind of got his first manager from a poetry cl- class, uh, an older white lady named Layla Steinberg, which is just kind of funny. And she kind of by chance became his music manager She organized with his first rap group called Strictly Dope, and she got him a concert, and they managed to sign Tupac by uh, Atron Gregory, who was a manager of the Digital Underground, and that's how he got started in that. Um, In 1990, Gregory placed Tupac with the Underground as a roadie and a backup dancer, so he started as a dancer, which is crazy to think about. Uh, Under the stage name Tupac, he had his debut album uh, Tupacalypse Now which was alluding to the 1979 film Apocalypse Now. Uh, It had three singles or three prominent singles and it was three singles that rappers later like Eminem, Nas, Game would uh, say was their inspiration. Uh... Some of the popular ones are if I call or if my homie calls, Trapped and Brenda's Got a Baby. Brenda's Got a Baby is Ugh. All three of those songs talk about uh socioeconomic disadvantages in the black community. Essentially. Is like the most vague way to put it. But that's why learning his parents were Black Panthers were like a big (laughs) oh that makes sense uh okay so his second album was strictly for my n-word it came out in February 1993 I did too a he in 1993 also was in a movie with Janet Jackson called Poetic Justice which I have queued up to watch I didn't have time today uh he starts a group called Thug Life and I don't. I really hope this wasn't a joke. But did you know that Thug Life was an acronym?
0: Yes, and I can't remember what it was for because I learned something else was an acronym today, and I was like, oh, that's like Thug Life, but I can't remember it. So wait on
2: us, maybe. Such
1: a long acronym.
2: It is. It is the. It's an acronym. Thug Life is an acronym for the hate you give little infants fucks everyone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right. Yep. Checks out. Go oh, up. Wow. Uh. So Tupac also stars in a movie called Above the Rim. His songs "Pour Out a Little Liquor" and "Pain" are featured in the film, but "Pain" is left off of the officially released soundtrack, which is. <laughs> Let's see. Thug Life releases their first album and first and only album in 1994 thug life volume one let's see uh tupacalypse now also in gold let's see yep great moving on okay so 1994 is the year that shit kind of goes down let me get to this Oh, no, I didn't talk about... Oh, God, this is such a mess. Okay, we're going to jump back to 1993. Oddly enough, the timeline didn't talk about this part. In November of 1993, Tupac and three other men were charged in New York uh, the sexual assault of a woman, Ayana Jackson. Allegedly, after uh, consensual oral sex in his hotel room, he returned later in the day, but then was oh she returned later like after a party and she said that tupac like was leading her to bed and then his two friends also came with him and she's like what and um tupac says that he never raped her but he does blame himself for not stopping his friends from doing it so uh yeah. On December uh, of nineteen ninety four, denying that he himself had raped her, Tupac was convicted of first degree sexual abuse, but acquitted uh of associated sodomy and gun charges, so uh. um so in between that night of the rape and he when he was convicted uh, in, later in 1993 um, uh, November 1994 so this is the night before he goes to trial for the rape allegations uh, he's in New York he was recording for a mixtape of Ranji and he pulls up to this recording studio called The Quad, and he is with his music manager, who is not the old white lady anymore, but James, Jimmy Henchman is his name, and uh, he is going to record a verse for a guy named Will Sean, and he kind of didn't want to do it, but he needed some money, and so he goes in they get into the main, like, lobby or whatever, and um, he gets shot. He gets shot, like, shot at five times, and at least one of the bullets hits his scrotum, which, like, ow. And so, instead of immediately calling uh, 911, he goes up to the studio, where he is supposed to record with Lil Sean, and reportedly um he asked someone to roll him a joint and then he called his mom and his girlfriend and then the cops in that order (laughs) which like what a move you know and so at this recording studio called the quad is where biggie smalls was also recording um some music he was not going to record with biggie but they were in, like, the next studio over. So when he goes upstairs before he calls the police or whatever, and no one is really... According to Tupac, he said that no one is um, surprised or shocked that he is walking in after being shot. Like, people are just like, what's up? Like, why, you know? And uh, that was later rebuttaled by Biggie in his people saying that they showed him nothing but love when he came in after being shot. So this is a weird little like moment. I feel like where this, uh, this division kind of started because before this, which is something I did not know that Tupac and Biggie were actually friends. And because Tupac had been, you know, in the music industry for a hot minute for a couple of years, at least Biggie was, very much new to this and so they would like whenever Tupac was in New York because that's where Biggie was you know that's where his circle was they would just kind of hang out and kind of show him the ropes and Tupac was actually kind of a mentor to Biggie so I feel like at the root of this when he got shot at the quad where Biggie was also I think that might be where he kind of felt, like, um, betrayed by his friend, essentially, and this is all just, like, me, a a wee white girl learning about this this afternoon, you know, this is not something I grew up um, really learning about, like, my dad listened to Tupac, so I listened to Tupac, but I mean, we also listened to Wu-Tang. We probably listened to Wu-Tang more than we did Tupac. <laughs> so that was like, I don't know. This is so out of anything that I had ever learned before, which is just kind of wild. Um, so he gets shot, he goes to the hospital, and he goes to trial the next day. So he shows up at this rape allegation trial and, like, bandages and stuff. Um. Okay, so in 1995, Tupac begins his prison sentence for the rape allegation, and he serves nine months. Okay, so this—I've heard this story a couple of different ways, and this is where we enter Suge Knight. So I listened to a podcast that said that Tupac called Suge Knight first— and then a couple of articles have said that Suge Knight just goes and visits Tupac. Um, yeah. So, whoa. Cue the screams.
3: Sorry. That was my family. That was my family.
2: <laughs> um, so Tupac's in jail for nine months. Suge Knight comes to visit him and ends up bailing him out for $1.4 million in exchange for a 3 record deal with death row records so what's important to know about this is that um tupac felt like he was gonna be stuck there forever and he just you know like wanted to get out he wanted to make music again so suge knight says hey, i got you but you have to put three out under death row records so this contract was handwritten i didn't know that Obviously I didn't know that, but it was such a quick and like shady kind of a deal that it was on a hand, it was handwritten, which is just insane. Don't sign that. But he's like, it'll get me out. So I signed, he signed it. Um, yeah. So it also signed Tupac up for, um, I'm not really sure like the legalities or how it actually works, uh, on paper, But whatever money made from Tupac's three albums under Death Row Records, Tupac hardly saw any of that money. It all went to Suge Knight. In 1995, he has an interview with Vibe magazine. He accuses um, Puff Daddy and Biggie and everyone in that little sector of setting up the robbery at the quad recording studios where he got shot so i gotta be honest i didn't look up that interview i probably should have i don't know i just have conflicting feelings about this whole thing um in 1996 tupac releases his multi platinum selling fourth album "All Eyes on me which later made it was made into a movie but i didn't get to watch that but it's on i think voodoo i think if you want to watch that um, Tupac. Okay. Oh, Violet. What's the name of that song? Who shot you? By I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh no no no! It's um. Oh man. Well, is it somebody's got to die? There's
2: there's, there's two. Oh,
0: let me let me look this up. It's gonna drive me crazy.
2: I think it's like who shot you.
0: Yeah, it's who shot you.
2: Yeah. yeah, so in 96, um, actually, I don't know if that's when, who shot you came out, but it had to be between 95 and 96.
1: Well,
0: actually, uh, it came out in 94. Oh,
2: wait. Oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah, he was shot in 94. 95, he was oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. You're talking about the five shooting yeah in the studio okay
2: yeah okay so yeah we're caught up so essentially before the shooting at the quad biggie and tupac have been really close friends um the shooting happened and it's from what it sounded like from what i read and watched and listened to well when tupac went upstairs uh it seemed suspicious to him that people were not uh surprised that he got shot and so he, I don't, I just really wish I would've watched that interview where he kind of blames them. But anyway, uh, 94, well, no, go I'm ahead, sorry. no. Uh,
0: just in what like I saw when I was doing my research, uh, a lot of people described Tupac as like a very paranoid person and mm-hmm. he didn't even want like the people that were with him like around him like he was just kind of like standoffish and he didn't trust like anybody and now he was in this like high stress situation so his mind was running wild so like he didn't even think that the guys that came into the studio with him were okay like he was a very paranoid person because of like the deep that he had gotten in you know that makes sense that's just what i read but
2: no, yeah. that makes sense. So, obviously,
0: his like outside influence. They think it's outside influence that like got him to blame Biggie. But once he believed that, he 100% believed it.
2: Right. Well, so it didn't help that they had diss tracks coming out about each other. Uh Tupac released his diss track called Hit 'em Up. Uh it's directly aimed at Biggie and Bad Boy Records. Um and it was kind of the the catalyst for the east coast west coast store also i can't i think it was before this uh suge knight did some type of award show and when he went to accept an award he pretty much called out um uh puff daddy <laughs> and it was like if you don't want your executive producers and your music videos come on over to death row records and like Snoop Dogg stood up because he's part of it. (laughs) He sounded like a wild time, but I think it was definitely the thing that catapulted the East Coast and the West Coast. And to be honest, I did not, like, I found that Suge Knight had ties with the Crips, I think.
0: Yeah, there was a a party that I think Tupac attended either – it was way after the shooting but like closer to later Yeah. in this uh incident that like a lot of you said crips right yeah yeah he was definitely i learned this term today banging a set suge knight was
2: oh suge knight's a character (laughs) that's that's what i learned um all right so On September 7th, 1996, uh, Tupac was in Las Vegas with Shook Knight. They went to go see Bruce Seldon versus Mike Tyson, a boxing match at the MGM Grand. And apparently the match started at 9 o'clock and Mike Tyson knocked out Bruce within the first two minutes. So before people could even sit down, the fight was over. (laughs) So they go to an after party And, uh, they leave. Okay, so, this is kind of where you start getting, like, gang tie-ins, but after the, after the fight in the lobby, someone in, uh, like, Suge Knight's group spotted a guy named Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, who was, uh, an alleged Southside Compton Crip. Uh, he was also one of the people that in the quad shooting had taken um, one of Tupac's necklaces, which was a death row medallion. So the, uh, I mean, essentially this Anderson guy is the one that's going to be the main name for the shooting. So called the club six, six, two, they're in a black sedan. And it is Suge Knight and Tupac in one car, and then, like, the rest of the—they call them the convoy behind them. So, you have, like, the security and stuff like that. Uh, At about 11.15 that night, at a stoplight, a white four-door late-model Cadillac sedan pulled up on the passenger side and fired rapidly— uh, into the car, and Tupac was struck four times, once in the arm, once in the thigh, and twice in the chest. The one bullet entering his right lung is the one that would end up killing him uh, six days later. Uh Shug Knight was hit in the head, and uh, Shug- Tupac's bodyguard was not in the car at the time. He was in the car behind him. So, he was taken to University Medical Center of Southern Nevada in Las Vegas where he was heavily sedated. He was put on life support and later to prevent involuntary actions put under a, a coma. He was in ICU on the afternoon of September 13th and he died from internal bleeding. He was pronounced dead at 4.03 p.m. The Official cause of death are respiratory failure and cardiopulmonary arrest associated with multiple gunshot wounds. Um, So his body was cremated the next day. And uh, it gets a little, this is where the conspiracy theories start to kind of trickle in. Um, There was a, in many, in any interview I saw with Suge Knight, or anything I read about Suge Knight he was like Tupac was doing fine when I saw him in the hospital uh, Tupac's girlfriend at the time was Kadita Jones which is Rashida Jones' sister and Quincy Jones' daughter Um, she was saying that he she played his favorite song and he like responded to it so you have two people that are saying that in the hospital after he was shot Uh, you know He was at least responding to them but Suge Knight was full-on like we were laughing and having a good time um and yeah I mean that's kind of it when it comes to the death but then there is I listened to a podcast that I'll talk about in a minute but they went on into the conspiracy theories about whether he's alive or not and so one of them is he faked his death And he lives with his aunt in Cuba, who was also a member, who was one of the founding members of the Black Panthers. Um, That has a little, none of these really have like validity, I guess. It's just, there's a lot of people that know some things, I guess, is a way to put it. Um, One of Tupac's main security guys, his name was Michael Nice, I think that was his name. He, uh... (laughs) He claimed in, like, the early 2000s, so, like, years after Tupac had died, he claimed in an interview that uh, he helped with the body switch of Tupac and helped get him on a plane disguised as a captain and that they put him on a plane to Barcelona, and then he eventually was headed towards Cuba, where he lives with his aunt. And his aunt has charges against her in the states because of um her being in the black panthers there's some like charges and so she's safe in cuba but (laughs) that's why he went with her so that's the thing fun fact this michael nice man also faked his death later in life and when it was when he so he had a youtube channel he faked his death, and then like months later, he came back on YouTube and was like, "Guys, you see how easy it is to fake your death? I could, I did it. Tupac did it too." And then there was a video in 2004 of a man that looked exactly like Tupac, like hanging out with some people, and a video, uh, like a vlogger got him. I don't know. Think what you will, but it's Tupac and Cuba? Did he fake his own death? Here's another fun... uh I saw a very good look at, like, at
4: Dollywood one time. There's,
2: well, there's, like, it's a, you know, people walk around the same all the time. We've all seen awesome. that Robin Williams doppelganger, you know? It's just crazy. Uh, another theory is that Suge Knight had Tupac killed because yeah. uh, when, you know how I said before, that all the money that Tupac made off of his three deals or his three albums with Death Row Records was, he never really saw any money from that. Um, Tupac was getting kind of fed up that Suge Knight was taking all of his money. And so he threatened to leave, break the contract that was written in pen and uh, make his own record company. And so there is a theory going around that Suge Knight had Tupac killed, but at the same time, uh, it, at that point, you know, Death Row Records was what it was because of Tupac. He was their biggest artist at the time. So why would Suge Knight do that? Also, Suge Knight was in the car with him and got hit. Not shot, but got hit. But at the same time, uh, Suge Knight was the only other person in the car with him, when, which was, I guess, unusual to not have security in the car with you. I don't know. What was to say, and what was the third theory? There was another one, but I don't remember it. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of yeah. That's kind of it. It was, I, the things I watched and listened to, I feel like. Uh, you know, I think. Tupac had a real talent. like listening to his music and watching him in like act are totally different things totally different things like i said i have poetic justice queued up but i watched a couple of trailers for a couple of uh movies and shows that he's in and i think like it's such a shame like he he definitely could have done something if he was still alive he could have done more um i think that was kind of a shitty way to put that but what what i got out of it the most is that kind of what violet said earlier that the whole tupac versus biggie versus east versus west thing was really hyped up by the media and as soon as you get like i don't know like i used to see and see it now like I think just, it was more like a media fad thing. Like, it was, and it was a rivalry that really kind of took its own form. And I think just. Like got I
4: remember, through. I remember the MTV music videos where they brought up like the beef or whatever. But I don't know that it was like that. I mean, I'm not. I'm like I said, I'm I was like, like a sixth reader at the time, so like I know this or whatever. But like I don't think. They meant it as seriously as, what like, you know what I mean? Like, you know how, like, Eminem raps and, like, some people, I think it was kind of like that, and it wasn't, like, a real big B, but I'm sure that they did have rivalries seeing as how, like, they're both, they're all trying to to sell records, you know?
2: Yeah, sure, but, but, like, at the same time, Tupac was Biggie's mentor, in a way, for a while. Like, it yeah. just doesn't right, make... Right. And then, that it was still so...
4: conspiracy too that the cops killed him and um there was another conspiracy. The one manager that you mentioned is after the white lady.
2: Uh-huh.
4: Um, there was a conspiracy yeah, there was a conspiracy about him and I can't remember what it was, and I think there was even a conspiracy that Puffy had it done. Mm. Maybe. There's a yeah. bunch. Like there's there...
0: Yeah, there's a big thing that, like, Puff was in cohorts with someone uh, involved with uh, some other... I can't even remember the name of it, but... And that Biggie paid for the gun, but...
2: Yeah. Oh, that was another thing. So when... Oh, man, I can't believe I forgot that. So the night of the rape, when it was the three men in one room... Uh, when they were arrested for that, they found guns in the hotel room and Tupac said that they were Biggie's guns, which is, it. that was one of the first acts that really kind of like divided them, but back to what Violet said a little while ago, I really feel like that was more of people talking in his ear, and from like interviews you watch with Tupac, like, his and like when he was in high school people would just like hang on to every word that he said if he had any like bad intentions he could have been a cult leader you know what i mean like people just really gripped onto what he said and i feel like he was way smarter than he was uh you know than he was showing and
1: well, a but I'm he was also
2: yeah, but he was also very much the artistic type, like, like I don't know, just you can tell that in certain people, especially on camera, when they're into their craft, and I feel like as short of amount, rude, as short as amount of time as he was on this earth, he was very into um, the art he was making, and I think that's just, it's, it's awesome, but it's also super fucked up that he was taken way too soon and I know that's a cliche and people say that a lot but I think that this all could have been stopped. I think there's probably a lot more details that I didn't go into that probably make it a lot messier but I think I think a lot of it was people talking in his ear and him being an artist just being like I can't do like I I think he was was like paranoid probably because okay his mom was a Black Panther and he can't and the Black
4: Panthers were Kind of like Black Lives Matter now, where you have like the far right being like, oh, they're they're trying to, I need a semi automatic weapon because they're trying to take down the courthouse and they're trying to take over the country and they're a bunch of communists and this is set up by the Democrats and blah, blah, blah. And so I think that like his mom and his aunt being a Black Panther, and I know that the Black Panthers, there's conspiracies with them too, and then like, They were only trying to like protest and come out and do what was right and get things changed, but the media and the government pointed that to them as like a bad group and press charges against them when they weren't, they were just trying to like make change happen, you
3: know, I mean, he was a genius when it came to social and he got that, of course, by being black and living in. you know, inner city, but he also got that from his aunt and his, his mom. So he was probably, you know, he probably had them in his ear. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch out. You gotta, you know, he probably became paranoid a little bit because of them, you know, and yeah, for def- good reason, you know? And then, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, when you get that far up and like rich and famous people, like, you really can't trust anybody at that point, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was probably also one of those things where, like, he knew he couldn't trust anybody because of the whole money thing. And um, he probably was... And a lot of, like, gifted geniuses are also paranoid. Like, it comes along with that, Yeah. brainwave of, like, they have this gift, but they're also, like, not mentally unstable, but they're going to have mental problems and of course back in the 90s that wasn't a thing you discussed so you know it could have just been completely different if he grew up in it like if he, if he was alive now like holy shit you know yeah like, he would be like leading this shit you know
2: <laughs> definitely Uh, yeah so that just I mean, maybe he was also kind of, uh, you know, aware of the people and how they act in Hollywood, kind of like you said. But, oh, yeah, I think it would just been, as someone that artistic, I feel like it's been really easy to kind of get in his head, you know? Oh, um, definitely. He had definitely had to have people on his team that were telling him certain things. And, you know, I think it's just a shame. But that is the story of Tupac told uh kind of poor I just don't know who you would trust as
3: like a, a a black person that grew up in the inner cities that is suddenly like launched into being famous like your mom Who would you trust at that? Yeah. Maybe. Exactly. Your mom is a black <laughs> <sister. I'm> Kidding. <laughs>
2: like that's really it, you know. Um I got some sources. I use biography.com, uh Wikipedia.com and then I listen to uh disgraceland which is a great podcast regardless but any type of like man i don't know he just does such a good job uh listen to disgraceland and then one called conspiracy theories and they have a two-parter on tupac the first one is about the train welcome to portland um <laughs> stupid train first episode is about uh tupac's early life and kind of like how he got started in music. And that episode ends with his death and hints at three different conspiracy theories. And then part two of that episode, or that series, is um, them going into those conspiracy theories. So the thing about, like, his bodyguard that faked his own death, that's where I got that. It's an episode called Conspiracy Theories by The podcast.
0: I love Tupac. Um, No T, No Shade. I love Biggie way more so I'm so excited in part two to give you guys the lay down on Christopher Wallace oh Uh, yeah yeah Uh, um maybe
2: next episode
4: (laughs)
0: yeah this has been great you did great I love Tupac I learned some things that I like kept myself away from like I was gonna watch All Eyes on Me um before uh,
2: the podcast (laughs) huh and you were going to commit. I only did Tupac things. I was like, I'll learn about Biggie later. <laughs> I just, I'll learn about
0: Biggie. Yeah. Well, I, I kept myself from it just so I could uh, hear your side of it because technically you are West Coast and I'm technically East Coast <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in and stay hooked for part two. Woo!
1: Bye.
0: Ooh. Bye. Bye. Sasha's like I say no buys <laughs>
1: well, I couldn't unmute fast enough bye guys